episode of Talk of Tonawanda. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts and guests only and do not represent any other individual or organization. Carl, we have to we have to do a couple of things as we start this episode. There was a real goof up in the last episode. Yes, we kept on calling it episode twenty eight, and it was actually episode twenty nine, which makes this one episode thirty. And we do have a guest. We today. are good at math occasionally, folks. Occasionally, just very occasionally. occasionally. You have to I graduated from Kenmore schools, and one of us is retired, and one of us just doesn't pay attention. So between the two of us, you know, we are dazed and confused. We're going to change it from Carl and Frank to dazed and confused. And we'll probably do a lot better with that. So this is episode 30. We do have a guest, uh, but we're going to start off with our, our usual uh, banter. And, you know, I like to do the, the national days. But these are a little bit more somber this time, I, I tried to avoid it. I really did. But he, he talked me into doing it one more time. Well, these are, these are a couple of, of more serious, more somber days that people do pay attention to. And there's really no guessing on this. It is actually Vietnam Peace Day. Which, as we know, I mean, this was a, a cultural uh, upheaval in America during those years, and there was a lot of uh, not positive things that came out of it. And then it eventually came to the end where now we have the, the touring Vietnam Memorial, and we have a lot more uh, heart and feeling for those folks. And uh, matter of fact, a Vietnam veteran very close to me, my cousin uh, Patrick McDonough, uh, just passed away. Uh, these last couple weeks, and uh, he was a uh, he was a victim of Agent Orange, and but he was also he formed a, a Vietnam Veterans Support uh, Motorcycle Club, and they did a lot of events and um, you know uh, interventions and things, and just helped out a lot of vets and a lot of organizations. So uh, rest in peace, cousin Pat. Yep. Sorry for your loss, Frank, and the family's loss and his friends. Absolutely. He, what what he left behind is the great happy memory. So he did good stuff. It is also National, actually International Holocaust Remembrance Day. And those who fail to learn from history are destined to repeat it. Absolutely. So hopefully we've learned quite a lot. But I'm going to finish with a good one because I always have to have food in there. What's my favorite of all cakes, Carl? What do you think it might be? Anchovy. No, no, no. That's pie as in pizza. Right. No, no. This is cake. Cake. Strawberry. Oh, come on. Banana. Main, mainstream. Mainstream. Blueberry. Chocolate. Specifically chocolate. dark chocolate. Chocolate, chocolate. Got a uh, got a woman here locally who makes chocolate cake lava cupcakes. No. Oh. Oh, if if you Those have diabetes, gotta be that is pretty much putting yourself, putting another nail in it, but it's so, so very tasty. Is that like uh, almost like diabetic como? Coma. Yeah, pretty much. You get there pretty much. Fast. Pretty much. Oh. Uh, you don't even bother to use the insulin in a needle. You just drink it along there with you go. the cake to yes. wash it down so that you can take care of that. Shots of insulin. Uh, real quickly, remember our email. Uh, it's thetalkoftonawanda at gmail.com. We got some great comments on the last episode when, yeah. we, when we did that was the nice. uh, you know, news to you, is, is what I'm calling it. It's the current events without the politics. 
and uh, got some really good response on that. We're pretty pleased. We did. I read some of them, and, and it was very kind of the folks to uh, give us that feedback. It was really good. Very nice. Really good. Now, Carl, you have some stuff, some events coming up before we get to our guests. I do. The Boys and Girls Club are going to be having a masquerade ball February 2nd. Now, is this all ages, or is this just the I kiddies? would say this is for the adults because the, ah. it's at night. It's... You know, 6.30 at night to 11. Is that kind of a fundraiser thing? Yes, it is. It's for the Boys and Girls Club. It's going to be at the uh, Martinsville Grove. So oh, if you want, to get, uh, you want to get some more information about that, it's, uh, so it's contact. It's, uh, it's, it's fund and, and funds. Fund and funding. That's, that's awesome. A great organization. We know they, they work really hard there. What else you got there? You got something coming up for the rest so, of the peeps. Civil service exams, if you're interested in uh, school custodian. Clerk typist, housing project manager, uh, contact the Tonawanda Civil Service Office, 716-695-8826. What was that number? 716-695-8826. And, of course, they're only open Monday through Friday, 830 to 1230. So if you're going to call them and get some more information about that. And the... Uh, most of the applications to get on board with that, they're due at the end of the month. So the... Yeah, 8.30 to 12.30, that's is, it? That's, that's just, just mornings? Just do they mornings need a civil the service exam to get somebody else to take the afternoons? No, because it's a part-time position. Ah. Get it? And the date of exams are for the custodian is February 18th. The clerk typist is February 18th. And the housing project manager is March 4th typist you know they don't really do typing in schools anymore i remember back no. when i was in the, the kenmore school system there it was typing one and typing two yes they were they use word processors now yeah yeah you know there's there's something interesting there is one of the big social media platforms announced yesterday that they're going to use ai to write their news stories uh, that's artificial intelligence so not real people they're using some sort of an algorithm putting in basic information, and letting a computer write the news stories. I find that a little disturbing, considering the number of systems that can get hacked into. I, I, fi I find it the opposite of disturbing. I find it welcoming. Really? Finally, there'll be you know, something automatically doing some spell check, fact-checking. You know, fact yeah. Well, fact-checking it, but it's totally reliant upon the algorithm and what's put in. What if what is put in is not complete or wrong? It's, it's probably no different than Wikipedia and what everybody contributes. Is this kind of the equivalent of when they eliminated the cashiers and they may just cash out our own groceries? I, I don't do that. You know that. It was yeah. a last show. <laughs> we don't, I, we, I we don't not, do that. We don't I do will that. not go to a self-checkout. <laughs> I stand in line. Well, we, we do have a guest today, and we're going to get right to it. And uh, this this guy, he's got a lot of different things going on, but... Um, first off, I just want to say uh, good morning to Mr. Steve Meinzer. Uh, good morning. Welcome. Morning. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. Yeah, you're, you're, you can't see the body language over the podcast, but you, you, you look like you're almost ready for this, but not sure what you're in for. Well, this is my first time. So. It's your first time. Well, you know, uh, we're glad that we could be there and be your first time. <laughs> well, welcome, and thank you very much for coming in. It's, it's so nice to have a guest uh, for myself to talk to because after a while, you know, just talking to Frank gets, you know, it, it gets, you know, not old, but I, I just want to say it's, it's great. Frustrating. To have a, I, it's the word you're looking for. Frustrating. Frustrating <laughs> is 
probably a key word. Yeah. Well, so uh, you know, we we had time to talk about this, and, and I know a little bit about what's going on. I mean, um, I'm meeting you for the first time, but there were some discussions and so forth. Uh, you're going to talk about a couple of things, but one of the things, and you know, a lot of the public has a, a misperception on it. They don't really understand it. It's metal detecting, and the the art of finding the invisible using technology. How did you start into this, and 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 what was your what was your process? How I started metal detecting. Well, that goes goes way back. My uh, my grandfather was a uh, uh, worked in the post office in downtown Buffalo, and he is he assumed a very large stamp collection. And when he passed away, uh, I was about ten or eleven at the time. He left his stamp collection to my brother, which kind of like. Well, it, it didn't sit real well with me, but I decided, well, then I'd collect something else. So I decided I'd be a coin collector. And my mom had a few coins that she had, and I got those. And, and not having any money, uh, you know, we would trade with, with kids around the block and stuff like that. But I found in a magazine a met, somebody with a metal detector finding coins, old coins in the ground. I thought that'd be cool. So that's how I kind of got started. My first metal detector when I was in, I'm maybe 13 or so, uh, I didn't find much with it. It wasn't very good. Uh, and then it kind of got put aside as went to high school and stuff like that. And then shortly after I got married, I tried again. I bought another one. Again, didn't have a whole lot of luck with it. The technology just wasn't there. But uh, when, let's see, it was 2000. My youngest son was nine years old and we had spent the whole summer doing things together. And we were in Walmart, and I saw a metal detector, and I said, that's something we can do together. And I bought it, and he and I did the backyard and hit some schoolyards and stuff like that. And it was a lot of fun, and that kind of got me hooked back into it. My son's not into it anymore, but uh, I've been doing it for the last, well, 22 years now, uh, metal detecting. Now, I know the... Uh the cliche image, and you, you see it in a lot of, t of, of movies, especially like Chevy Chase movies and things of like that. You see the, uh, the, the 85-year-old guy in the Bermuda shorts walking down the beach with the headsets on. And it is far from a parallel whatsoever. I mean, this has changed. I was looking online. There are national associations, state associations, regional associations. The technology runs the gamut from, you know, the, the basic offline... $50 detector up to some real serious technology. And it's not just hobby anymore. No. People are making no. careers out of this. How did that jump happen? The technology got so good and the people were people were finding some some incredible finds. Yeah. Well they run from, you know, also from the lone wolf like myself, who's not associated with any club or organization, to well you know, well-run organizations that d do, uh, you know, events, hunts, uh, have uh, events for kids, families. And it, it, it is, it's very family-friendly. You can go out with the kids, the wife, or whoever you want to go out with and, uh, and have, a great, have a great time with it. Is it kind of like fishing, though, if you go on in a group? You know, you don't, you don't cast where somebody else is casting? Yes. yes. And also because the detectors will will play off of each other and interfere with each other too. Oh, the I, you detected a detector. 
Yes, you can. Yeah, that is quite a detection. You, that's quite <laughs> right. Well, some, some of these things like the Federation of Metal Detectors and Archaeological Club. FMDAC. Yeah. Yep. The well, president. Frank, there's that well, acronym. He's, he, it's like he knows this stuff. The president of the FMDAC is in uh, Arcade. Oh, that arcade, is fantastic. Mark Schusler. But the addition of archaeology, it's not, oh, look, I found a, you know, a nice coin or, uh, you know, look, here's a ring somebody lost. It is being used. Now, I have, I have been involved in reenactments at, at Fort Niagara and other places, and they actually bring in these clubs when they're going to do a certain part of that, that area for everything from buttons and coins to, well, you know, buckles and pins. Have you ever participated in one of these uh, sponsored archaeological surveys? I have not done that. The club I belong to has done a couple, one or two of those. Usually, it's uh, it's been uh, Indian trade sites that they were they were invited to. But uh, we, I know, in the past, we've been we've been called by the uh, uh, Homeland Security. One of their agents lost his uh, sidearm in some shallow water. Oh my! And uh, we have a few members that have water detectors, and they went out looking for it and gave them some possible hits, and the gun was recovered. Oh, very um, nice. And uh, we were called by the, uh, by the Niagara Falls Air Force Base to come out. Someone was taking pop shots at the planes, oh, and they wanted us to, to find the projectiles and, oh, my. and turn them in so they could figure out where they were coming from. So, you know, it's not just, it is, it's a social club mostly. You know, we do, we have a Christmas party and a picnic and we do uh, our own, our own hunts and, and it's mostly, you know, a, a member will, I'll get a call from a member, hey, you doing anything? I'm going out, you know, and maybe good to go door knocking or maybe he's got a site that he's, he's planned out. Now, this, this has become such a huge thing. Like we have the National Council for Metal Detectors, the National Institute for Standards and Technology, Texas as a state association for metal detecting in New York City, they, the, the parks and the green spaces that are there, it's gotten to the point now where in New York City, you have to have a permit. Yes. Yeah. And, and what, what caused it? Were there just too many people doing it, do you think? Or there are, are certain, leaving stuff There behind? are plenty of sites that, that are off limits. And, uh, you know, they wanted, it, they wanted it to be known where you could and where you couldn't. And, uh, and, and, of course, they'll make a few bucks off the permits, too. So. Yeah, there's, there's nothing like New York collecting a fee. Yeah. I just call them an extra tax. A surcharge. Surcharge, surcharge excise tax, tax fee. <clears throat> if there's a way to make in a dollar, New York State will, will certainly put their hand out. It also elevated national level. The National Park Service has really specific regulations on this. Now, you're in a club, I'm sure there's, there is uh, like policies and procedures, things you're going to do, how you're going to conserve the environment. What are some of the things that new people getting into this need to know and avoid as far as, well, putting a blight on this, on this really, really nice hobby? Well, getting permission... On, on private property is a huge thing. I mean, you can't just walk on to, yeah. you know, just any place and start detecting. And the That would be rude. That, that would be a rude thing. But yeah. there, there have been uh, folks that have been known to uh, do that on, a, you know, abandoned houses, you know, abandoned, you know, former homes, you know, deep in the woods. They'll look at old maps and try and figure out where, you know, a, a, home, a home site used to be and, and go there and it's, Steve, if you had to give three rules for a newbie to follow, three rules to make sure that they're 
not creating chaos and that they enjoy themselves. And I, I'm, I, I'm whipping from the hip on this, so I'm ask, asking you the same. What would be three key things that you would want them to know starting out? Well, well, permission is, is key, but the, the one big thing is when you're done making a recovery, you want it to look like you were never there, filling your holes. I mean, just if you, if you dig up a piece of trash, take it with you and throw it away. You know, you're cleaning up the environment a little bit, and, and then somebody else comes along, and if you put it back in the hole, they're going to redig that hole. You know, you want to fill your holes, make it look like you, you were never there. Maybe even maybe better than, you know, if you, take, if you remove trash, maybe even have it better Bottle than... Bottle caps, pull tabs... Pull tabs? What's pull, that? Pull tab. Yeah, well, we, we find... We don't have those anymore, but no. they're, I'm sure they're still out there. Thousands. Thousands. Uh, you know, I, I've seen on, on TV and, uh, of course, on uh, cable and so forth, they have some of these programs. It seems to be a favorite to go to agricultural land that was always agricultural land. Not, not forests necessarily, but, um, you know, farmers' fields. When, why right after they're plowed? Does that just bring up more material? Why is it better than when it's, you know, a deadpan when it's, when it's first in the spring before they pull it up? Yeah, the, because the, the plow turns up, uh, you know, the, the detectors have a limit in their depth, and uh, although that's getting a lot better. But uh, the, when, when a field's been plowed, it will turn up things that were, that were out of range previously. Um, and it also turns up indications of where activity might have been, you know, uh, broken pottery or, or pieces of brick or something that uh, showed that there may have been something on the site years ago. I agree. You, you, you must get permission, and then, you know, as you're digging your plug or the, the hole where your metal detector has, you know, allegedly spotted something or telling you that there is something down there, you know, pertaining to what you might be searching for, if you have your uh, metal detector, you know, adjusted for something or set, you know, to some parameters, you, you can always, you, you know, share your hobby with somebody and uh, bring them in. I happened to uh, put a call out uh, for some help searching a site right here in the city of Tonawanda before it uh, got turned back over to the uh, folks who run it. And Steve and a few guys showed up a few times and we found some uh, very, very interesting things right here in the heart of the city of Tonawanda. It was, it was a wonderful experience to work with some other folks. Now, let, Steve, let's dispel a couple myths. It, it, one of the things that it has a myth says, well, it's only going to detect ferrous metals. That's not true. No. So it, it'll detect more than it. Give us an example of some finds, maybe you or your club, that weren't ferrous metals that they were able to find. Well, I mean, the, the detector can be set to discriminate out certain metals. You know, you can, if, you, if you've got a lot of iron in the ground, you know, then uh, you, you can... You can tune your detector to, to eliminate that signal if you're looking for something different. But the, any kind of metal can be picked up. So, I mean, you, you, can, you can pick up anything, buried wires or pipes or uh, just uh, hot rocks that have some metallic, you know, like, uh, like meteorites, it'll pick up the, the Which actually, things. those have value to them as oh, well. Oh, yes, they do. They yes. certainly do. Those are dense metals usually. Now, the one other myth, if you find it, it's yours. That's a myth. That's, not, yeah, that's, that's not completely true, especially uh, on 
like in in England, you know, they they run they run hunts, you know, the they, they kind of like you know like vacations. You know, you come out and we have all these fields and things like that. And then what you find, you have to turn over, and they will decide whether it's a national treasure or not, or whether you get to keep it and take it home. And that's uh, that's starting to happen around here, especially on those the hunts like you were saying with the archaeological sites. You know, you're you're hunting like the one we did here in the city. We're hunting for somebody else, and we're turning over what we found. So it's it's the fun, not the profit. But there can be. Uh, that's another myth that you're never going to make any money doing it. I mean, I mean, you're probably not going to make millions of dollars, no. but there's finds out there that are quite valuable. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. I'm going to go back to 1991. Lillian Raid. You know the story. She was up in New England doing a potato field after it was plowed. She found the oldest coin minted in the Americas prior to the Declaration of Independence even. It was uh, a New England sixpence minted in New England dated 1652. And in 1993, I believe, or 1994, that little sixpence sold for $100,000 at auction. So there are big pieces that are out there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I, I, I hear stories from friends who... Who constantly, you know, there's snowbirds. They go down to Florida and they have some very, very nice spaces and beaches to go to. And Are occasionally, they wearing the Bermuda shirts, the flip flops, and the headsets. Mostly, these guys do. Yes, sandals with white socks. Are the, this crew? Yes, if you can picture them. Yeah, they they'll go out immediately after a storm or a hurricane, even, and and start doing the beaches. And they pretty much, you know graph off a beach as far as like you know doing it you know piece by piece square yard by square yard and uh, they have some amazing finds uh, they find some coins and some some relics like that that are just constantly being pushed around the uh, especially the Gulf of Mexico that that shore and that uh, the Gulf of Mexico uh, now the 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 uh, cliche you know on the beach there is a little validity to that because earlier when the detectors weren't very strong in, in dense soils, it was kind of tough. So beaches were easier to detect things in with, with you know, older technology, easier to dig and so forth. Is that still the favorite spot, do you think? It, you know, it depends on the person and where you live. I mean, I, the people in that, that go down to the beaches, you know, it's, it's, the, it's their life pretty much, you know. They, they'll, they'll do it almost on a daily basis. And then right after a hurricane, you know, that's like a big time because the sand's been shifted out and things like that. But, but uh, not everybody lives near beaches, and metal detecting is it's all over the place. And yeah. so It's not, it, you're not, you know pigeonholed into a certain area. Parks, former parks, uh, land development places where they're, you know, like they start clearing land, you know, to build some houses. Uh, you can get it, you can get in there with permission, maybe from the contractors or the landowners uh, over there. And you could, you could get some pretty amazing things. You might not think of it because, oh, they just cleared out a, you know, like a five acres of, you know, forest and maybe going there you know yeah. before they even start putting the uh the roads in and the water lines and the sewer lines in and if you can get in there uh you're doing pretty well sometimes i know the otter banks of north carolina it's known as the graveyard of the atlantic uh, shifting sands and sandbars and things 
But there's always, it always seems to be a group when I go down there that's, that's metal detecting on the beach. And they're not looking for coins and stuff. They're actually finding the hardware from the shipwrecks. And I know something interesting that they do for, it's, I don't know if it's a state or, or national level, but they'll put a very large spike into those shipwrecks that occasionally unearth on the beach so that they're really easily found. And they preserve that underneath. So with that, I mean, everybody's got their own, their own favorite. What would be, I'm not asking for your favorite spot because we don't want to give that away. What is your favorite environment as far as the nature to detect in? And what is your favorite find? Oh. Favorite environment. Well, I, I pretty much, uh, I, I like to throw on my headphones and just get lost in it. You know, it's like kind of just get the whole, the, the, the noise of the world outside and, and just, just me and the detector. And, and uh, I, you know, I like open parks and things like that. It's just, it's, it's, it's easy, it's exercise, it's fresh air. And you always find something. It's not always worth finding, but you always find something. So yeah. I, got, I got my little smartwatch on, and it, of course it tells me my steps. How much do you think on an average walk? Do you ever track it and see how much you're actually moving around doing that? Uh, I've tried, but it's difficult because you're not really moving fast enough for it to track your, your steps, you know? You want to go slow and steady and, you know, and, and, you know, in order to, you don't want to miss a good, a good signal. So it really, you know, I have my smartwatch too, and it really doesn't, uh, doesn't record the, the steps. It's not so smart then. Not, not really. No. They, somebody <laughs> so, should come up with something a little more. Uh, so uh, they have actually, uh, I'm one of the, I won't name, name the brand, but they actually have one where you can flip it over. It actually does GPS, so it's calculating steps per distance that might as work. opposed to physical steps. No. So favorite find, part two of that question. What was your own personal favorite find of all time up to this date? Oh, wow. But most valuable would have been a gold chain, a 20-inch, 14-karat gold chain, I think. that's. But my favorite would be the first time, first seated coin that I found, and that was right here in the city, too. Seated coin, what yeah. is that? It's a, it was an 1878 dime with a seated liberty on it. Beautiful. Wow. Beautiful. I, I, yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. I had a standing liberty quarter which was my favorite. It was very early on that I had found that. Yeah, that was fun. So I know there's a lot of different detectors out there. I mean, are they, without, without having a lock in it, are there some better brands that people should be looking at? I, uh, you know, you can actually go online and you could shop the Bezos.com and look at comparable machines and, uh, Compare what's, first of all, decide, you know, what your budget is. It's like everything. It, it's all dependent on your budget. But I would suggest buying what you could afford because you may not be interested in it and it might fall by the wayside and then you might be like selling it, you know, reselling it, you know, after a while, if it just sits in the closet or lays around the basement for a while, maybe it's not for you. It's, it's a hobby that involves, you know, a little bit of research, lots of time. I mean, I've gone out, you know, probably 15, 16 hours, and I found nothing more valuable than a nickel, you know, that you could barely read the date on. It is five cents you didn't have before you started. It, it, it might have been. Which is more than the two cents that you're usually only allowed to carry. Yeah, and, the, you know, like sometimes, you know, you find, you find some things and you can't even, you know, replace the batteries in it. You know, so it does take 
a lot of time, it is like fishing sometimes because you never know unless you know an area is going to, you know, be fruitful for you. But I, I do look at, I do look at some old maps. I do, you know, get permissions. I do ask folks and I'm always searching for a, uh, a new, a new place, which is why I put out that, you know, that uh, announcement that anybody wanted to join me at a, at a location here in the city of Tonawanda and, you know, Steve and some folks answer the call. Yeah. But I would say budget is, is most important when you're looking at you're looking at that. Mine was very successful right out right out of the right out of the box. My I have a Equinox six hundred. It's probably old technology now, but when I bought it, it was probably one of the best that you can get for the money that it was it was it cost me. All right. What we're they were asking one for. against the other. So you have the Equinox six hundred. Steve, what's your preferred go to equipment? Um I have several detectors. I, it depends on the site. There's a surprise. I have an old, an older Garrett detector that I can tune down, and like if I'm doing like a wood chips playground, I can get in closer to the to the metal pipes and get the, the you know, when you're doing wood chip, chip playgrounds, you're just finding loose change and maybe some uh, some jewelry or something like that. But uh, and that's what I use. You know, that's kind of like fun detecting. And then I have a Technetics T2 that I like. And a uh, Tesoro de Leon that is really good for coin shooting. Wow! Uh, there's a there's a new detector out that everybody's uh, all excited about. Clouseau, the, the Manticore, and I've heard this of it. apparently Manticore. will almost give you a picture of what's in the ground. It, it, it sounds like a GI Joe movie character, Manticore. Yeah, as the technology, you know, as the technology gets better and the manufacturers, you know, get you know, really into, you know, building, you know, a, a metal detector that, like Steve just said, it, it almost gives you a picture of what you're you're sweeping over. That's, that's fantastic with the technology. It sounds like you have several. It, it, I just reminded me, my wife always asked me, how many guitars do you need? I always say, I'll let you know when I get there. Now, it sounds like you and I are kind of having some parallels there. And that's actually kind of a segue because, you know, you are obviously not just a metal detector technologist. See, I gave you a new title. You are a music man as well. Why don't you tell us a little bit of background about what you do with music? Well, I, I, I do not have a musical bone in my body as far as performance, uh, but uh, I do, I do uh, promote some, some shows for our uh, for fundraisers. So uh, I'm the president of the Cardinal O'Hara Alumni Association, and we do fundraisers for the school for our uh, alumni uh, scholarship fund, for le uh, legacy scholarship fund, and for the uh, for the building uh, renovations. The, uh, the the school was built in 1961, and they put up this fantastic auditorium, and I think it was the pe same people that did Klein Hands that designed the the auditorium. And uh, over the years, well, when the diocese stopped uh, funding the school, the, it started to get a little run down. Oh. And uh, so we, the alumni, decided we would do something about that, and we started the alumni concert series. And, Is that yearly? Uh, Once a year? Yes. Okay. Well, actually, it's, it's twice. We do two a year. Twice a year now. Okay. And uh, when's the next one? It's tonight. 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 Where is, where is it tonight? It's at 
the Cardinal O'Hara Performing Arts Center, which is at 39 O'Hara Road in the town. So when you're going north, just past the 290, you see that little red apple on the right? That's the street. street sign. Joseph, Joseph Drive, go down Joseph Drive, all the way to the end. That's where the school is. That's where the auditorium is. Um, and now is this is pre-sale, donation? Tickets are $20. Uh, we've been doing pre-sale for, well, since uh, mid-November, I think. Uh, and, but there will be tickets available at the door. The auditorium seats 900 people. Wow. So. Oh, that's it, a good That size. is large. So what kind of a show can the folks expect? Tonight, we have the BBC Band, which is if you've... They performed at the, at the Canal this year. Uh, they've been around a long time. Uh, BBC stands for Buffalo Beatles Connection. They're one of the, oh, the premier... Okay. Uh, Beatles tribute bands in the country. I, I, I think I, I know one of the members, John Connolly. John Connolly. I, I went to high school with John. Shout out to John. How you been all these years? Uh, next year is our uh, 50th uh, anniversary of graduating from Kenmore West, 1974. And John Connolly has been very, very musically inclined forever. And he does a, he does a great show. Uh, he was in another band that was another Beatles uh, the, tribute band and the Tweeds he was in, I think that was one yeah, of them. Yeah. Do do they do they uh, get theatric with it? Do they like change costumes and change hair and stuff like that? A little bit, um, not as much. I mean, at one point they they used to do it a little more, but uh, they, uh, they 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 their setup is pretty is pretty nice. And if you if you close your eyes, sometimes it sounds like the Beatles. As a matter of fact, <laughs> close your eyes. Isn't that one of the lyrics? You uh huh. They <laughs> went to I England. Saw what he did there. I saw what he did there. He did. <laughs> they he went did. to England back just before the pandemic and represented the United States in a, a Beatles tribute uh, festival. And they played at the at the, the cavern where the Beatles played. Wow, got fantastic. A, That's got really a standing nice. ovation from the crowd. So that that is a solid reputation. That, that's excellent. So that's coming up tonight. What, what time do doors open? Doors open at 6.30. Uh, the band starts at 8. We have a, a cash bar. We want a 50-50. And... Uh, and uh, I, I have to, right from here, I have to go pick up the beer. We have Flying Bison for, uh, for, for beverages tonight. Very nice. Very nice. And uh, Wine World helped us out with the wine for the, for the bars and pop and water. And, and we'll have a few, maybe some pizza for sale, things like that, too. Oh, great. But, uh, and it's all about fundraising. This is going to the, to the Alumni Association. It helps with the school. It helps with scholarships and all the other expenses that people don't normally think about. So it's all good cause stuff. You, who are some of the other sponsors of, of the event tonight? We have four, four sponsors in addition to the to who helped us out with the beverages. Okay. Uh, the Knights of Columbus from the, the Twin City Knights of Columbus Very from here nice. in, the, in the city Very of Tonawanda. Nice. And they will be there in full force. They, okay. they are coming out. And the Knights of Columbus from North Tonawanda, the Madonna Council. Oh, uh, all right. And uh, here we have. Nice. They are, they, they'll be there too. I hope they don't bring their swords because it's, ah. like, <laughs> it's, it's going to be Don't a, let them in. And then uh, we, I have two other sponsors, both here in the city of Tonawanda. Neil's Five Corners, right at the Five Corners. Neil! So, we like Neil. Neil's very, a good guy. Good guy. And he's, so been, like he's been sponsoring Perfect. us for the last five or six years now. Um, and he's, I think he'll be there tonight. And uh, a new sponsor this year is uh, Top Shop Collision. Oh, right across the street from Neil, uh, and uh, he's he's uh, he's another in, good place, right? Right, be, right behind the donuts. Yes, right yeah. behind the donut craze. Yes, we're all right there. And uh, very nice. He's he's came on board this year, and uh, and I'm happy to have him. 
Uh, so there is at the door, there are refreshments available for procurement yes. and a internationally renowned band. I think we can say that. Internationally safely. known. Yes. Internationally renowned. winning. But here's a, here's a thought, folks. It's Friday. Go get a fish fry and go to Cardinal O'Hara for some entertainment for the rest of the evening. Yeah, it'll all be there. Uh, Steve, uh, thank you very much for coming in. Uh, is there anything that you wanted to cover while we were here? Uh, well, you were saying about about the how long the concert's been going. Uh, this is our eleventh year. We had to skip one year for the pandemic. You know, in those eleven years, and we're doing a, a second show later. We have the Strictly Hip in March. Oh, um, group, good group. Oh, perfect. We have raised and spent over a hundred thousand dollars. On the on the auditorium, we we uh, replaced all the seat cushions in all nine hundred seats. Well, that's a lot. We of work. refinished the stage. Uh, we painted the interior. We put in new carpeting. Done some electrical work and some sign work. A new uh, state of the art soundboard, and we had installed the state of the art uh, lighting system on the stage. Very good. Very nice. And uh, th then, as we we got on, we we branched out, and for the last four years now, we've done the. Uh, the legacy scholarships, and we've given over twenty thousand dollars in legacy scholarships to uh, to children of of alumni that want to come to the school. Oh, fantastic! I, we we our family has a couple alumni, right? That's terrific. Yeah. Now, uh, folks that can't make it tonight, they can look forward to this next show. When? It, what date is this next show? That's going to be Friday, March the tenth, and it's pretty much the same setup. Uh, the tickets are a little bit cheaper. The tickets for that show are only five dollars. Whoa. Uh, but uh, it's pretty much going to be the same type of setup, and uh, tickets will be available at the door. We'll sell as many as we can. And uh, the hip, I mean, some people are, are like, really into the band, and some people just don't get it, but uh, they, have, they, they, they bring out enough crowd to make it worthwhile. Yeah, they do. Okay, Carl, at, at $5 a ticket. That's in, that's in my budget. That, that's in your budget, because you, you set aside $20 once a month for date night. So, yes. I mean, that's it. both of you can go and still have money for refreshments. Right. I'll, I'll still have $15 for refreshments. Perfect. Are well, you going to get a little stag? Is it? Oh, man. But I, you know, I, hopefully I, your wife's I, not listening because you're gonna you're gonna get the frying pan when you get home. I, I commend the uh, the association and Cardinal O'Hare because after 61 years, uh, that's how old the the auditorium is. 61 years, 62 years old now. Uh, yeah. It probably does need it's an icon. a little bit of work, and uh, you want yeah. to you want to maintain that. And that this is one great way of doing it. Yeah. It's an icon, and it's it's folks that went there that are continuing to support it. So. It's been a, a tremendous uh, benefit to so many, and it's nice that uh, you found a way to continue to support it, it promote is. it, so it's there for the future. So uh, I think the term legacy is is more than just uh, more than just a casual passing term. It's 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 really awesome. Steve, thank you so much for being here. Carl, I know you've got some closing thoughts as always. Oh, closing closing thoughts always. Yep. It's uh, it's we're in the end of January now, and uh, of course we're still in the you know the depths of winter here, uh, but we do have a great occasion coming up in the family. My mom's ninety uh, eighth birthday is Sunday. Oh well, happy birthday, <laughs> Mrs. Nocera. Happy birthday, Nana Nocera. Uh, we're gathering uh, up the troops and the kids, grandkids uh, coming out. For her birthday celebration, it's going to be low key because it's only ninety eight. Not a big deal. 
Well, the hundredth, the hundredth will really you only have two years to prepare for the centurion. It, and that's what I am. That's what I'm told. You know, in two more years, we're really going to have to knock it out. But uh, this year, it's just going to be kind of located, You know, family and friends uh, stopping over and wishing her well. And uh, she's in great shape. Uh, people ask me how she is. I say, well, she's 98. <laughs> hey, well, no. How is your mom? I go. She's ninety-eight. So and probably in better shape than a lot of people. Ninety percent exactly. of our video game playing teenagers. Yep. Uh, so. so continue to continue to help each other out, help one another up. If uh, somebody's down, I'll be willing to listen to a friend uh, who just needs to have a conversation and uh, talk about what's going on in their world. Uh, you never know when that phone rings. It may be somebody reaching out to uh, help them out. So once again. Do a good deed, and uh, everybody, please uh, take care of each other and yourselves. And Steve, if they are interested in joining your metal detecting club, is there a contact uh, method that they can uh, reach out to you? And Pretty much, uh, well, we, we have a Facebook page. The, the club is the Niagara Frontier Relic Hunters Association, NFRHA. Uh, we meet monthly uh, at the... Uh, the uh, Zion Church Hall at Parker and Koning in the town. And uh, you can just come out to a meeting and just come and check the club out. Uh, you can contact us through the Facebook page, uh, NFRHA. Um, the club has been around since 1977. Uh, at one point we had, I think, well over 100 members, but uh, COVID really kind of knocked us down. Uh, so we're... We're trying to get things going. I think we have 18 right members right now, 18 paid members right now, and we're trying. Well, we to, and I promise I'm going to get there. Build back I, up build those I promise I will get there. It's but it's Sundays, just a, it's a just a, a group of people that have you know the same hobby and and uh, and friendship, and and uh, we come out, show our finds, and and uh, we you know do a find of the month and stuff like that. So it, it makes me want to. Buy one because it really does sound like a lot of fun and it's fresh air and walking. So, Steve, again, thank you so much. Carl, as always, it's just it's just a blessing and event to uh, share the studio with you each number, and every week. Number thirty, number thirty, the big three zero. Thirty, yes, yeah. We and and we're still single, so technically we are old maids now. Absolutely, uh, in the podcast Very industry, old. we're not married to anything. All right, thank you so much, everybody, uh, for tuning in and listening. Our, our friends in Australia, New Zealand came in last week. New Zealand. Yes, they've New had Zealanders. Some, they've had some flooding um, this week, and yeah, they're having that, some trouble. That must be why they're listening to the podcast, because the TV's out. Oh. Uh, we hope them, we wish them well, all kidding aside. We don't want uh, no. anybody to be unsafe. Anchorage came in last week. And uh, still nothing from uh, Japan or Korea, but we're looking forward to that. So, folks, as I always say, and it's true, I believe it in my heart of hearts, if you fill your heart with love, there's no room for hate. And that being said, there's really no room for hate anywhere. Have a great day. Hope to see you tonight over at Cardinal O'Hara. Carl? Take care. We'll see you.